What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Welcome to the Danny Klinkscale Reasonably Irreverent Podcast. Insightful and witty commentary, probing interviews, and detours from the beaten path. Welcome to Monday Musings, Danny Sports Wrap. It's Danny... <clears throat> Welcome to Monday. Welcome to Monday Musings, Danny and Friends Sports Wrap. It's presented by Advanced Sports and Family Chiropractic and Acupuncture. Eight locations all around Kansas City to make you feel better. Get you all in tune for the nice weather we have coming up. Certainly don't have nice weather today, but we certainly had a beautiful weekend as well. And from beautiful to not so beautiful is what we're looking at here. And Daniel Sperry from the Kansas City Star will be joining us as a friend to break down Kansas City, sporting Kansas City in depth as they had uh, their high point of the season so far. They've only won a couple, and uh, they built on their Seattle win and looked great at home and entertained the fans with a 3 nothing victory. We'll break that down with Daniel and get his insights, which are always on point. Royals go out and, uh, well, at least they created optimism on the homestand and did their good work on the homestand by winning four of their last five and uh, splitting the homestand at five and five because they backed it up by just puncturing the balloon by getting swept in Milwaukee, and it continues the narrative of the Royals. When they get somebody who's kind of in their category of a below 500 team, they play okay. And when they play teams that are playing well or above 500, they get killed. And while a couple of the games were competitive, it's baseball, it's win or lose, and they lost them all. That's not good. We'll check that out as well as well as a do our weekly sort of go around the MLB a little bit for you. We have uh, the NBA with Jason Tatum lighting it up in historic fashion, and we are set for the semifinals and basically the conference finals or semifinals whichever way you want to put it uh, with a rematch theme to say the least chief schedule came out we'll just touch on that real quick and give you my record for the chiefs i'm not going to go game by game you've heard so much of that over the past week i'm sure and as far as uh, the rest of it we've got the nhl also no Canada, you can say. 1993 Montreal Canadiens, the last team that uh, won the Stanley Cup from Canada. So it'll be another south of the border champion. There's a game seven tonight. We'll touch on that a little bit. And it is a PGA championship, major championship week in the world of golf. And also the Corn Ferry Tour comes here. So if you want to see great golf here and then maybe DVR and go watch a major championship in the evening, you can do that as Blue Hills Country Club will be the site for that. That's all on the table today on Monday Musings, Danny and Friends Sports Wrap, presented by ASFCA. We started off with a high note and some smiles, because we don't get those all the time here in the local sports scene with Daniel Sperry for the, from the Star talking SKC next. More of Danny's Reasonably Irreverent podcast after this. It's always great to catch up with Dr. Brad Woodle from Advanced Sports and Family Chiropractic and Acupuncture with eight convenient locations all around Kansas City. And one of the things we wanted to talk about is red light therapy. Danny, we've ran across this new information by a brand called Trifecta Red Light Therapy. 
We've been learning about it through lasers and infrared and near-infrared lights. But what's been amazing is that we figured out it can help people heal. It can help with nerve endings, neuropathies. It can help out with fibromyalgia and inflammation. And what's amazing is it even helps to change the way that the body contours, looks, and feels. That sounds really exciting. It must be a therapy that makes you smile. There's over 60 studies published on photobiomodulation. And it's just really made a huge difference in patients that weren't getting the results that they normally would with anybody. And now we have a neat tool that we can give them to help. To learn much, much more, visit asfca.com slash Danny. That's asfca.com slash Danny. Cinematic Visions has been an affordable solution for professional media production in Kansas City since 2003, offering award-winning video production and creation, as well as a wide array of digital and social media management services. From planning, scripting, filming, editing, and post-production to delivering your product to a watching world, Cinematic Visions will provide professional and affordable services for you and your business with the necessary return on investment to make it all worthwhile. Cinematic Vision's goal is to unlock the power of storytelling through video and a strong online presence for your company. Beyond the numbers, they want to inspire and evoke your clients to feel and act. Let my friends at Cinematic Visions embed your brand where it belongs, in your customers' minds. You can find them online at cinematicvisions.com or with a quick phone call at 816-600-6300. If you'd like to join these and other great sponsors and market your business to a growing and engaged audience, contact us at danny at dannyclinkscale.com. Look forward to hearing from you. Welcome back. we got a whole lot of things to talk about here in the world of sports off the weekend. Some of them not so good, but while we spent a lot of times this year talking about the woes of sporting Kansas City, that was far from an evidence on Saturday at Children's Mercy Park as the fans actually get themselves a dose of some nice sporting Kansas City. And we're here with Daniel Sperry from the Star to talk about it. Three goals, good defense, uh, excitement, the right kind of goals, the right kind of guys scoring the goals. There was a lot yep. to like about this one. First of all, just talk about the game in general. Yeah, um, I mean, I, it, it was kind of a little bit of a building off of what we saw between Sporting in Seattle in the first half um, a couple of weeks ago when they picked up their first win. Um, but it was a little bit more complete, right? You get uh, you get two goals. I think there was dominant play in terms of possession for the most part. Um, I think at one point in match, I looked over and checked possession stats, and it was like at one point nearing seventy percent. I mean, Minnesota could not get out of there uh, out of the middle of the park. Their only chance in the first half of the match against Sporting was that penalty kick that was kicked straight at Melia and saved, and you know. Tim's got this weird spider senses. I don't know what it is, but the the guy just, he reads players so well in their run-up. Um, he is one of the best ever at stopping penalties in Major League Soccer history, um, and he did it again and uh, against a guy who's never taken a penalty in this league before. Um, so I, I don't know, they must have done their homework beforehand, but, uh, uh, you know, afterwards he said, you know, I had a feeling he'd, new to the league, tried to do something um, a little cheeky, and he tried to put it straight, straight down the middle, and Amelia read it the whole way. That is, uh, you know, but, that really, for a, for a guy who takes a penalty, that looks really cool when it works, and it looks really awful when it doesn't. Correct, and it's the same thing where last year when, like, Chicharito tried to chip John Polskamp uh, with right. the, what's called the Panenka, 
Um, he tried to do that, and <laughs> it failed pretty spectacularly for um, the Galaxy. So it was one of those things where, you know, I so a lot of times this in those first 10 games, it felt like even when good things would happen, like the moment something bad would happen, everything bad would happen. And they're... They, they were able in that moment, you know, that that goal, the penalty kick came just minutes after they scored the second goal, um, which was some beautiful buildup. Um, but they, they get that penalty kick there, and it, it was just one of those things like, okay, uh, small bad moments have been quickly snuffed out again. And I think just in general, you could see their confidence from uh, the way they played, um, the excellent defending. Danny Rosero and Andrea Fontes were really, really good. Logan and Denbe and Jake. Davis is well on the back line, but um, managed some of the more difficult moments that Minnesota threw at them. But ultimately, this was a game sporting pretty much dominated from start to finish. And uh, it, it's been a while since we've seen that. But, um, I, you know, Peter Vermees all along has said that he believes that this team is capable of this. Um, we hadn't seen it yet, so it's. I'm, I'm sure fans are happy to finally start seeing it, um, especially in the last couple of games that they've uh, played in MLS play. We'll get to it in a couple minutes, but it's going to be difficult to back it up. And if they do, it will be impressive. We'll talk about that in a little bit. But it's easy yeah. sort of to dismiss this game at home against Minnesota, a team that hadn't been playing well and extended a winless streak to six. But their previous home game came against a team that was struggling too, and that game was a disaster. So yeah. uh, can you – can you? what do you feel like in the grand scheme of things you might be able to take from this? Well, it's a step in the right direction, right? Uh, I, I mean, the locker room, for one, was an absolute party. Contrast that with the game against Montreal that you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it was a quiet, very dismal place to be in. And um, I, uh, you know, you, you go into a, a locker room like that and you have the, the, the good vibes and the, the laughter, the feeling, even the joy playing the game. I mean, you see even... Uh, after all the goals that they scored just you know it used to it feels like in the few in the previous games they scored and there was it was like relief that they scored right mm-hmm. um and the, and the goals that they did score but now in the, the game between seattle and seattle the game here it's like joy right and they're playing with joy that the, the final goal that they scored uh is just kind of perfect what you it would expect out of sporting where i mean you know they drive the ball up, plays it to Eric Tommy, who kind of dribbles the ball into Johnny Russell's position. Johnny Russell falls into Eric Tommy's position. Polito goes out wide and combines and drags another defender out of place. And all of a sudden, now Gotti Kinda is flying through the midfield and off the back shoulder of the defender into these giant gaps that have been created by players dragging defenders out of position and it's smart off the ball movement, but it's also good movement with the ball. And it, it, those are the signs of like that. It's not just, okay, you grit, you grit it out a win, mm-hmm. right? Uh, it, it's like, okay, the, those are their marks of really, really good play again. And I think marks of the, the sporting team that we saw in 2021, that was dominant for so much of the season. And even in, at parts in 2020 and 2018 when they won the West. Now, well, I'd say that will they, what, will they ever get up that point in the standings? I, I think that's a pretty hard feat to do at this point now. 
but you're also you're looking at a team in sporting who is starting to show signs of true life um, of like what type of team you can expect them to be and what I think a lot of people expected them to be once guys like Polito and Gatikinda got healthy and were playing a ton of minutes for him. Three nothing win over Minnesota. You mentioned they've played twelve games now, so it's going to be difficult mm-hmm. to. Move. But the good news is that this league is really decided to be playoff driven. I mean, there's, yes. there's so many teams make the playoffs. It's really more about uh, playoff positioning. There, there is an advantage to finishing higher, but it's not you know an unbelievable advantage. So right. I think that any team in the league can really feel that they're almost never out of it until you know there's eight games left or something right and they're three points out of the out of the playoff line right now right <laughs> like we we went we went as long as we did uh in kansas city without seeing sporting kansas city win a match and they're still only three points out of the playoff line at the moment um and you know i think that it just goes to show what happens in the last you know, seattle sounders i think is 2017 or 2018 i think they were dead last in the standings and uh in like june and made their way all the way up not only were a top one of the top two three seeds in the western conference but ended up making it all the way to win an mls cup or at least get to the mls cup championship you know it can happen uh it happens a lot in this league and you know with nine teams in the playoffs sporting certainly aren't out of it it, it was only going to take a couple of wins to snap it around um so i We'll see if it if it continues. Um, that that will I think sporting fans will be very happy with you know where the team is at by the end of the season. Tim Mill, you got hurt in this game. Do we know any more about what that might entail? Yeah, it was a hip flexor injury. Um, he said afterwards that he was you know uh, we've got. I think he said you no. Know, it, it was better for me to not be in that game being at 70 or 80 percent when i knew that we had other guys that could do the job just as good at at 100 percent um so uh, he tweaked something on a kick that he made a, a kind of a long ball that he played out um from the back and uh you know he felt it and just kept feeling it and didn't want to keep make it worse or didn't want to be in a position where it cost him something so uh, in the match so he uh called for the sub there but i don't know how serious it is yet i don't we're we it doesn't sound didn't seem serious when he talked to us afterwards he wasn't doing too much treatment or extra so uh, we'll see how long it is but i think it it would be it would be a surprise to see him available to play on wednesday right. but um are we talking a long term injury here i don't think so well, sporting for much of the early part of the season was playing on Saturday, and that was pretty much it. Right. And now we, uh, you know, now U.S. Open Cups out of the way, but now the schedule is condensing a little bit, and this week certainly mm-hmm. shows that as they will play two very difficult games as they go against the the reigning MLS Cup champion LAFC, and they're playing really well. I get, and then yep. against St. Louis, which is you know a team that's supposed to be eventually going to be a rival, they haven't played them yet, and they've come out great guns for the most part, cooled a little bit. But uh, this week certainly will tell us if this was just an aberration. I mean, I'm not saying they need to go out and win both games, but the quality of play, et cetera, I think we'll find out a lot this week, won't we? Yeah, and I think it'll be, Wednesday's going to be really interesting, man, because you, LAFC not only are dealing with Open Cup congestion, they will have their MLS match, like sporting, obviously with sporting on Wednesday, They'll have another MLS match, I think, on the weekend, and then they will go to play 
against, uh, I think, Leon in the CONCACAF Champions League final mm-hmm. um, uh, in the following Wednesday. I mean, and then after that is another, uh, uh, the Wednesday after that, they play um, the second leg of that final. And then the Wednesday after that, they've got uh, a, a U.S. Open Cup uh, round of 16. I mean, it does not, the L.A. schedule does not stop. So it'll be really interesting to see what LAFC does in terms of their lineup mm-hmm. um, for that match, and I think for Sporting as well, right? I, I you know, obviously um, every match is important, but that's that game against St. Louis. I think they know is a really, really big one for the club at the moment, um, and for their fan base, and for a lot of things. So uh, it'll be interesting to see how much does either team have their eye to the future in the way mm-hmm. that they approach that game on Wednesday, and that can. Wednesday, you know, Wednesday night midweek matches, I think, are always a toss-up, and I usually give the edge to a home team in that one. So, do I expect Sporting to win that one, even if they were playing at their best, you know, for a large part of the season? I don't know that I would expect that of them, but I think that that St. Louis game is a game that I think fans and maybe even within the organization they really are keying in on, and I think that's that's something to pay attention to. But it's going to be a tough one. You know, St. Louis is interest is in an interesting spot themselves. Um, since April 1st, Sporting KC has actually earned more points in the standings uh, than St. Louis has. St. Louis got off to a really hot start yep. and, uh, you know, are, have won uh, one match and gotten a draw um, since. And they just lost over the weekend in Chicago, um, lost twice to Chicago last week, who fired their head coach before, um, you know, just days before right. that midweek game in the Open Cup. So, you know, it said, it said, I think Sporting sees that as something for the taking, and I'm I'll be interested to see how they manage this week. Um, it'll be a difficult one, just for the sake of how many games they've been playing and and uh, how many days. And you've got LAFC at the midweek, but um, you know I think to to be able to handle the game in Seattle like they did, and to be able to handle the game in Minnesota um, at home in the manner that they did, those tell really good signs of what Sporting can do. And, I think whether or not they get a result on Wednesday, I don't know if that is something that you can like hold against them too much, just considering how good LAFC is and it's on the road and all the other circumstances. But that St. Louis game is going to be the big one, I think, next week. And finally, now much of the injury situation has been worked out, not all of it. Do you expect yeah. this to – are they settling in now in the back line and everything else on – uh, a structure, a lineup that they're generally going to ride with? Yeah, I think it, there's a little bit of question in terms of the outside backs, both the left back and the right back. I think Tim Leibold is a guy that you would expect maybe to be the starter for them in the long term at left back. I like Logan Ndenbe. I think he does a good job defensively. He's improved a lot defensively from, what, uh, from last year to this year. But Tim Leibold offers something that in the attack that – uh, Logan and Denbe doesn't, and uh, can also provide that defense. So if Leibold's healthy, I, I, I've in 90 minutes fit. I would expect him to kind of be the full-time starter at that spot eventually. Um, you know, they brought him in because they believed in how good he was and right. what he can do. Um, so I'd expect that. And then the right back situation has become really interesting with Jake Davis mm-hmm. thrown into the mix. There, he's been done so well over these last uh, three, four games playing right back. Um, and Caden Pierre has been out injured um, and should be coming back in the next couple of weeks. But, uh, you know, you've got Graham Zussi in the mix there with two young guys who, uh, you know, when Caden Pierre plays, he's done really well. 
Um, and then you have a guy that's played out of position and has done insanely well at right back. And it's kind of hard to go away from a hot hand at the moment. And I think it'll be interesting to see who ends up being the starters at both of those spots. But I think, you know, for center back, I think it's pretty clearly going to end up being Fontas. He's come back really strong. Um, and, and Danny Rosero has been fantastic um, since his acquisition. So, I think that lineup is really starting to get settled of what you would expect their first choice lineup to be. Um, but I also think there's still like flexibility that they have um, based on opponents, based on game states, especially in the midfield that they can go to. Because in Seattle, we saw, you know, Remy Walter as a defensive midfielder with Eric, Tommy, and Gottikind up there. And then, you know, Sporting came home and had a little bit of a different look with Rodoya playing. Uh, as the defensive midfielder and Remy Walter kind of playing a little bit higher up the field. Um, so I think they could mix and match in the midfield and kind of give a bunch of different looks. And uh, I think it'll it'll be interesting to see, you know, I think those are your key guys going forward. Do they start every match? I think that'll be an interesting spot. But for the most part, I think this roster, it's pretty, it's come to a point where it's pretty clear who Sporting's best 13, 14 players are going to be and who, you can expect to mainly be um, in, in the majority of the matches going forward. Daniel, we always appreciate the up, uh, updates, and you give us a great in-depth look at uh, what's going on with sporting. We'll talk to you again down the line. Thanks, man. Great to be on. Daniel Sperry from the Kansas City Star talking sporting, and we've got a potpourri of other things to get to coming up next. It's all part of your Monday musings, Danny and Friends, presented by ASFCA. More of Danny's Reasonably Irreverent podcast after this. It's great to be back with Dr. Brad Woodle from Advanced Sports and Family Chiropractic and Acupuncture with eight convenient locations all around Kansas City. And as the weather gets better and gets warmer and gets more delightful, there are some downsides too, and you have the therapies for that. It is allergy time. As spring starts to come, so does the pollen. And we know that acupuncture has a tremendous effect in releasing pressures that we get in our sinuses and toning down the immune response to those allergens outside in the environment. And also, people want to get out and move about a little bit more too. You got it. Through acupuncture and also chiropractic, we can help to remove inflammation, get the body moving again, and make sure you're balanced and ready to take on this summer. To feel improved body, mind, and spirit and learn much more, you can visit ASFCA.com slash Danny. That's ASFCA.com slash Danny. Hey, Kansas City, Joe Spiker, Easton Roofing here. This happens all the time. I had a homeowner call me because a roofing company talked him into submitting a claim for hail damage. The claim was not denied, but all the insurance paid for was cosmetic damage to the roof. Of course, there was no damage to the roof that mattered. The roofing company was just doing what most do, turn it in and hope to get lucky, with no thought to the consequences they leave behind for the homeowner. The homeowner asked me what to do, and unfortunately he was stuck paying his deductible for a bunch of unnecessary repairs, because if he doesn't get it fixed, the insurance won't cover his roof anymore. Turning in an insurance claim is not something to do willy-nilly. It is a serious procedure that requires serious people to help you through the process, that's why you should never turn in an insurance claim without having Eastern Roofing take a look first, for free, and keep you from filing erroneous insurance claims that can hurt you in the end. Eastern Roofing. Integrity matters. I'm here with Matt Llewellyn from the 23rd Street Brewery at the 23rd Street Brewery, and the weather's getting warmer. Perfect time to sample the great beers, great 
food, great atmosphere, and great patio at the 23rd Street Brewery. Absolutely. It's patio season, Danny. Come out and enjoy the nice weather and a nice cold one out on our patio. We've got a new brewer, so we're always brewing up fun new beers here at 23rd Street Brewery. We've got a great drink special list. Fun times at the 23rd Street Brewery always, Danny. And you have pups on the patio too, right? We do. Our, our patio is pup friendly. Please bring your four-legged friends out here and we've got a special place for them. We'll give them their own little water bowl. They can just be right with you and along with a couple of other their four-legged friends. <laughs> Sounds like a plan right here at the 23rd Street Brewery. 23rd and Castle, your home for summer brew, summer patio, summer fun. If you'd like to join these and other great sponsors and market your business to a growing and engaged audience, contact us at danny at dannyclinkscale.com. Look forward to hearing from you. Welcome back, and our thanks to Daniel Sperry from The Star. Always fun talking to him. I learn a lot and enjoy his insights, whether I'm at the game sitting next to him or talking to him over the phone and uh, bringing him to you as well. A lot of times during the summertime or springtime, we're leading off with the Royals. Well, yeah, why don't we start off with something fun, because Sporting has won a couple of games. Royals did not on the weekend as they are swept, and things look promising to at least salvage a game on Sunday when they jumped out to a nice lead. But then a ugly seven-run third inning with uh, some comical play involved and a Little League home run. Basically, for Christian Yelich, he was just trying to steal a bag and got paraded around the bases. And Jared Lyles continues to not be particularly good for Kansas City, so they drop three in Milwaukee. The Brewers are playing good ball, to say the least. They're 23-17, and 17, but they had been cooling off a little bit, and the Royals were just what they needed. And uh, Lyles continues a theme that's not a good one. Royals starting pitchers go out there, and then when they finish up, you look at the ERA, and it's sitting there at some abysmal level. Even after Brady Singer's last good outing, his ERA is in the sevens. And after this bad one for Jared Lyles, his ERA is in the sevens. And that's just not going to get it done. Now, the offense continues to be better. There's just uh, no other way around that. That's the only fair thing to say. Uh, for the past three weeks at least, the Royals offense has been pretty decent. Now, they always seem to, to have somebody hitting the skids a little bit. And uh, they kind of stopped scoring yesterday after they jumped to the early lead and then hit a couple solo home runs when it didn't really matter against a pitcher that was just trying to finish out the ball game in the ninth inning. But still, uh, you take what you can get. Bobby Witt Jr.'s home run was his seventh of the year. That's a nice pace. He had been slumping, so a couple of hits and a home run for him feels good. But still, that on-base percentage well below 300 from him. And the player who has cooled off just at the wrong time as somebody who, well, you're just going to have it happen because uh, uh, Vinny Pasquantino has been great all year. And even with a recent little slump, the average is at 269, but the OPS is way over 800. In fact, it's uh, it's over 900. And uh, so that is good. Sal Perez continues to be a power source and a consistent one. And he's been hot and his, bat his batting average fluctuate fluctuates so wildly. Uh, I I think a week ago he was hitting 220 something, and now he's at 301, ninth home run of the year. MJ Melendez had a couple of knocks, so that's good. Michael Garcia came up and hit like a ball of fire, and I think a lot of people were talking about the options for him, and uh, the league has adjusted, and he's now down to 214. Nick Prado continues to be steady. That's nice. Hunter Dozier probably gets more playing time than people would want, but he hit a home run yesterday as well. 
Michael Massey in general has been better, but uh, still just looks lost sometimes at the plate and good sometimes at the plate. And poor Nate Eaton, that's all I I have sympathies for a guy trying to make his way in the major leagues who can't buy a hit. And with an 0-4 yesterday, Eaton is at 0-48 for the season. On to take on San Diego. That's a team that right now is under 500, but unfortunately they probably are not that team. They are not that record. And uh, I think uh, the odds are that the miseries will continue a little bit for the Royals in this particular next three uh, games on the road trip. It finishes up with the White Sox, who they handled pretty nicely back at home. So... Uh, the news not good for the Royals after a nice little stretch, and we'll hope that uh, this uh, road trip does not turn into something that just recreates the narrative of everything being bad with the Royals, who certainly are still a cellar-dwelling squad. Uh, they were on the heels of the White Sox, but they didn't quite get there. They were out of the basement for a moment, but they're at 12-30 and 30 and at the bottom of the American League Central, where... It's just too bad. Makes you think about what could have been if the Royals could do anything because you look at the Guardians, for instance, and they're only 19 and 21, and they're only three and a half games out of first place as the Twins are the only team over 500 in the division. Uh, They've gotten warm, at least, and uh, they're at 23 and 18. American League East continues to be the standard bearer. Red Sox and Yankees are at the bottom, uh, but they're still over 500 teams. The Orioles just won't fade away. They've won six of their last 10 still. And just when you think maybe they're going to start to pack it in, no. Blue Jays just completed a sweep uh, and they're playing good ball. But at the very top of it is the team that does not really cool off. Tampa Bay Rays have only split their last 10, but they just split a four-game series at Yankee Stadium and let another one get away in that series. So uh, that's never anything that uh, to sneeze at as well. Out west, the Texas Rangers are playing well. Right now, they look like the class of the division, but the Astros are going to get healthier and are stabilizing themselves above 500, which is really all they need to do. Angels over 500. Mariners have started to play a little bit better. Athletics, of course, historically bad. The National League features some disappointing teams. Cardinals just went into Fenway Park and swept the Red Sox, but even after winning six of their last seven, they still are just at 16 and 25 for the season. They're disappointing. Reds are what people would expect. Cubs are probably a little bit better. I don't know why I've started to go bottom to top on these divisions. Uh, They're about a 500 team, and you just saw the Brewers. They're pretty good, but the National League Central is probably somewhat reminiscent of the American League Central and the fact that... uh, it probably won't take a fantastic record to win it. Braves have dropped four in a row, but they're still in first, and that has given some hope to the other teams. But here comes another disappointing team. The New York Mets, with all their money, are below 500, and uh, they have lost, I think, six series in a row right now, something like that, and they're tied with the Marlins just under 500. And out west, the Dodgers and all their money, that's worked. They've started to get right, and they've won five in a row. Diamondbacks are a nice story. They're over 500, and you'll see the Padres over the next three nights, uh, three days, three games, as it were. Uh, If you want to tune into Royals baseball and check them out, uh, they've got too much talent to be 19 and 22. That is for sure. There's a little baseball for you. Royals, not so good. Around baseball, some interesting stories. Always, at least for me, I love baseball. I'm reading a historical baseball book again right now. Uh, spend 
a little time most afternoons uh, reading about baseball dynasties. That's fun for me. Anyway, a lot of people spend a lot of their time paying attention to the Chiefs, no matter what time of year it is. And, of course, their schedule came out last week. I went through it and came up with 12-5, and but leaning towards better for the Chiefs, but certainly a fun schedule for people. There's all kinds of marquee games and marquee teams, and, heck, if you want to go on a European vacation, you can do that, too, to Frankfurt and and see uh, the Chiefs play the Miami Dolphins. So uh, I think people, if they were into that, could have read... 50 people's or listen to 50 people's game by game breakdown of the season, and you might have done it yourself. I came up with 12 and 5, so there. If you're paying attention to the playoffs in the NBA and NHL, you get some real entertainment, that's for sure. Jason Tatum set a record yesterday with 51 points in a winner take all game against the Philadelphia 76ers. Joel Embiid and his team come up disappointing in the last two games, failing to clinch the series at home and then losing at the Boston Garden and getting blown out in the third quarter of that one. And Tatum, who rescued, well, the Celtics and himself after one of the worst Game 6 performances through three quarters you've ever seen in Game 6, and then he came alive and hit four huge three-pointers down the stretch of that game and then parlayed it into a record-setting 51 for a Game 7 in that uh, particular series with the 76ers, and they move on to take on the Heat as the Lakers and the Denver Nuggets will be the other matchup. I think fun for me in this is that I do have kind of a rooting interest in each of these series, uh, their rematches, and if in fact in the Celtics' heat, it's the third time these two teams have played in the conference finals in the last four years, so there's a little tried and true there. But my family's from Boston. They are Celtics fans. I'm not really a Celtics fan. I don't have a favorite NBA team, but uh, I pay attention to them because my family does, and that makes them happy. If the Celts are doing good, Bruins have already lost, so uh, that's uh, a storyline. But also, you know, I I don't have any distaste. uh, I don't dislike LeBron James. I'm just a little weary of him, and I'm kind of weary of the Lakers in general. I used to root for the Lakers back in the day when they would play the Celtics, for instance. Uh, But Denver is new blood. They have a fun team to watch. I'll certainly have a rooting interest in seeing if the Nuggets can knock off LeBron and the Lakers. I mentioned the NHL setting history again. You you have a sport that is still intrinsic to Canada, and although there's plenty of Americans, there's still more Canadians in the NHL than anybody else. And Now we're 30 years deep without a team from north of the border. Now there's not that many teams, although there have been a couple more added over the last few years. Uh, But no Canadian team has won a championship since the 1993 Canadians. The Oilers were the last ones left standing, and they are out as of last night. So already in Vegas, Carolina, and the Florida Panthers. And tonight a Game 7. That's always great stuff in Sports, a Game 7 in the NHL. It's the Seattle Kraken and the Dallas Stars playing for the right to be in the Final Four for the National Hockey League. And if you're a golf fan, hey, we get a lot of these elevated tournaments. We get a lot of big tournaments these days with the Stars in them, but there's nothing like a major championship, although the PGA is clearly the fourth of four. 
but I kind of like where they have that uh, new spot. Uh, I think that while they tried to build up the PGA before, and, and it's a major, hey, nobody's <laughs> it counts. It counts as a major. It's a great tournament, usually on a great golf course. Uh, and they always said, hey, this is your last chance for a major, and tried to sell that. They called it Glory's Last Shot for a while. They dropped that a few years ago, even before they moved. But I think uh, being earlier in the season is better for the PGA. Some people disagree. You get to go to different areas of the country. A lot of people thought that they would not play in the Northeast as much because uh, it could be dicey weather, and you're playing in upstate New York this week at Oak Hill, and (laughs) I lived there for eight years. I know that uh, mid-May can even uh, potentially create some problems, but weather in this world, in America these days, it could be 95 degrees, it could be 45 degrees. Heck, it could be that here now. You just uh, never really know, but uh, it should be another outstanding tournament. You have to make some of the usual suspects, but maybe the most uh, in uh, John Rahm favorites here. I keep waiting for Justin Thomas to rise up, but he continues to not play up to his standard, but the PGA has been his wheelhouse. His only two major championships have come in the PGA, and another nice story going in is Jason Day, who won the Byron Nelson yesterday, and uh, that has sort of brought him back into the four as a elite player. He was the number one player in the world. I think he fell victim to what Tiger Woods did and tried to overbulk up himself, and he developed back problems, almost debilitating him to the point where he was thinking about quitting the game. Well, he has revised his swing, gotten things in order as far as that is concerned, and he has come full circle to play great most of this season and capping it off with a win in a tournament where he had to go quite deep, and he held off Scotty Scheffler and others to win the Byron Nelson, so he, no doubt, is a big story. He played well the last time the PGA was at Oak Hill, which was in 2013. And if you want an up-close-and-look personal at Fantastic Golf, I think people who don't really follow golf that closely don't have an idea how really good the players on the Corn Ferry Tour are, which will come to Blue Hills Country Club. Uh, These players, uh, over 20 of them, uh, get direct access to the PGA Tour after this season. Heck, if you win three tournaments in one year, you get immediate promotion to the PGA Tour. There's a whole host of players who have already played on the PGA Tour and fallen back. Uh, There's youngsters that are coming up. They shoot low numbers. They're, They're... among the all of these guys are among the top 500 players in the world generally so uh, I highly suggest that if you're a golf fan you go out and realize that for instance we had the champions tour here forever well these guys are are better now the champions tour is still pretty good and and you recognize the names but here you know for instance Marty Doe who was in the in the hunt at the Byron Nelson, if you were watching that, he's one champion. Cameron Young, who will probably be uh, some some long shot name for a PGA uh, championship this week because he has a bunch of high finishes and majors. He was a champion here in Kansas City, so uh, you get to watch great golf up close and personal. Not the greatest date, obviously, for the tournament here, opposite the PGA Championship, uh, because a lot of really you know diehard golf fans are going to want want to watch that but maybe early in the week or uh, maybe uh, dvr time you'd rather watch your golf in the evening and not watch all the commercials that certainly fits in in my world Uh, i will be out there for at least a day or two at blue hills watching some corn fairy golf name of the tour is kind of funny but the golf is not it is high caliber 
We hope to give you something high caliber every Monday and all through the week here on the Reasonably Irreverent Podcast. We appreciate all your support. Always make uh, feel free to reach out to me at danny at dannyclinkscale.com about anything. Uh, we probably are going to be bringing up a prize or two. We're playing a little golf with you coming up, so pay attention to that. Spread the word a little bit, and stay tuned, and have yourself a great week. We hope you enjoyed the latest Danny Klingscale Reasonably Irreverent Podcast. Come back soon for something fresh and new. This podcast was made possible by our great sponsors like Advanced Sports and Family Chiropractic and Acupuncture with eight convenient locations in the Kansas City Metro. Dr. Brad Woodle and his friendly team will improve your health and outlook with every visit. Find out more at asfca.com slash Danny.